This episode of Perfectly Imperfect is brought to you by Awkward Animal, teaching kids and adults that it's okay to be awkward. We're partnering with Awkward Animals to do a special giveaway, so be sure to listen to the end for all the details on how to win. I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I am Christine. We are recording our second episode in New York today Bye. with a guest who's someone who's very near and dear to my heart. I've been thinking about it a lot in preparation for this podcast, and I was like, this person was the first person to believe in me at the beginning of my oh, career. Oh, your parents didn't believe in you outside of my friends and family oh so you're saying that this person's not your friend or family he wasn't my friend at the beginning no <laughs> <laughs> no but he's kind of the one who like jump-started everything for me i feel oh, like yeah. and gave me that opportunity to really be able to understand myself better to explore a field that i always just dreamed about like i thought it was a dream like i never thought that it would be a reality so he's technically like god he gave you Give me life. Your dream. He gave my career yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> so today our guest is Ted Fu. <gasps> Ted! <laughs> Ted is someone that oh, you have to let him say oh, hi. Okay, this is where I say hi. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, I agree with everything that you said. Ted to me has always been the older brother that I've always wanted. Mm. If you don't know Ted Fu, Ted Fu, I would relate his mannerisms and characteristics to like a cat <laughs> where he is very observant. He stays there and watches you and he really intakes you mm -hmm. versus whenever Ted says something, it's like it just pierces you to the soul because you're it's, like oh, yeah, how did you know that so impactful like i remember even from the very beginning like when we would do projects or anything he was always the one who like at the very end would always go around and be thanking everyone genuinely that, yeah very genuine and not even just like a oh thank you for doing a good job he says stuff where it's like thank you for holding the sound i know that must have been tough but then you know really appreciate your time and then maybe next time blah 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 mm -hmm. so i think a lot of my managing skills it really came from watching Ted. Yeah, for sure. So, Ted, do you have any nice things to say about us? Yeah. <laughs> oh, loads, loads. Um, we'll save that for another podcast. No. <laughs> so, basically, he has nothing. I know. We. Oh, that was Luna. She wants to speak on the podcast, too. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much for letting us record with you, Ted. And in welcome. your space. No problem. Thanks for saying all these nice things about me. <laughs> That's so nice. I was getting very emotional. Oh, well, it's what we've always thought. And this is a really big deal because Ted is more private and this topic will make sense you know <laughs> but that's always kind of how ted is like i said he thinks a lot versus saying a lot and we just want to say thank you for allowing us to try to dig in a little bit more we'll see what we can get from you <laughs> today's topic it just made sense like we had other topics in mind but then afterwards we we're just like oh my god this is what me and regina have always wondered too and i'm sure a lot of you guys have wondered basically how do you navigate the world as an introvert in an extroverted world the working title for this i wrote is don't look at me <laughs> With Ted <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not making eye contact with any. Yeah, we're like, oh, now. we're all like just looking at the table, looking into our mics. <laughs> 
So to give context, Ted, do you want to talk a little bit about yourself and what you do, what you're known for, and why we would choose a topic of basically an introvert being thrust into the spotlight? Um, hmm. So I don't, but I will. Um, <laughs> I guess that goes along with the topic. I don't really like talking about myself all that much. But my name is Ted Fu, I guess. Um, that, that is my daughter, almost, <laughs> Luna. So I guess most people know me from Wong Fu Productions. I'm one of the three co-founders of Wong Fu Productions. That started, oh my gosh, like, that started a long time ago. Um, like She's like your personal years. cheerleader. She, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I think most people who are listening to this will already know Ted and who he is. I think you could probably have more insight on Ted than even me and Regina because you guys have quote unquote known Ted for like over 10 years. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's super interesting for someone that now I've gotten to know Ted as a friend. Like even in this podcast right now, you're just... It's not natural for you to talk about yourself or your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You do save that for more private conversations. conversations. Yeah. yeah, like I remember the very beginning too. I could never tell how much you liked me or not. Because he doesn't then, like you. Yeah, <laughs> he still doesn't like you. Oh. He's only doing this because of me. <laughs> no, but it was because I realized that at the beginning you're always a little more reserved than most people. And getting to know Ted and getting to spend more quality time with him, I started to realize like, oh wow, we have a lot to talk about it just takes a little while to like get into the groove of things yeah i agree so we want to get into what it feels like growing up as an introvert but you have an extra thing where this thing developed called social media (laughs) and kind of just being thrust into the spotlight of like millions of people suddenly know who you are Mm -hmm. and they want to know more and they want to ask you this and they want to take a photo with you. You know, there's more, 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 more. When really as an introvert, it must have been overwhelming and probably still is. Uh, It definitely was overwhelming. First of all, I never told you guys I was introverted. So (laughs) how did you come to this conclusion? When I texted Ted this topic, he's like, but I'm an extrovert. (laughs) So an extrovert is someone who gains energy from being around people or large amounts of people versus introverts are the exact opposite. Being around people drains energy from them, which is why they like alone time so they can regain their energy. But I think a lot of people associate shyness with introverts, and that's not the case. The thing is, when I was younger, I didn't know the term before, but I feel like in second grade, I was an extrovert for sure. um, Because I was running around. I was definitely very social. I was friends with everybody. And well, I was in uh, second grade in Taiwan. My dad's a diplomat. So we moved to different countries a lot. And we moved to South Africa, we moved to Taiwan, we moved to San Francisco, we went back to South Africa, and then I moved to the States again. So not only is it hard for a kid growing up like that, it's culture shock too. Mm -hmm. So I think that has a lot to do with how I became more reserved, more observant. Because first of all, there's a language thing. English is actually my second language. So that made me kind of shy. And... The thing is, my sister relates to this, too. We're around the same age. We're a year apart. We moved around a lot, and we just became each other's best friends. Like, we're in a a different country. We're in Mm -hmm. South Africa, right? We're the only Asian in our entire school, our entire, like, area. But that just made things a lot harder for me to make friends and be social. And I guess that just became kind of a pattern of how I I, I thought and how I behaved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Were you ever 
made fun of because you're the only Asian or because you were just different? Well, it's like the derogatory terms that because you're different, like kids, kids are mean. I remember this vividly. I was walking down the street and then there were just kids on the other side uh, making kung fu noises, like, mm. and then karate chops and things like that. I was like, oh, okay, all right, that's cool. So you, <laughs> you know, I can beat you up. So yeah. that's, that's good. That's good. Uh, set the bar there. But yeah, I mean, I was never afraid of that. I was just more of, you know, just like a, a kid being shy, you know, yeah. you're shy because there are a lot of things you're shy of. Like, okay, I start to talk and my, my, my voice would crack or I say the wrong words and they, like, oh, that ruins your day. Like, Aww. it's stuff like that. I don't know if kids think about that. I did. We just become more like self-conscious. Oh, I am a very self-conscious person. I Sometimes I see myself and I, I overanalyze the things I do too much. And that's not always a great thing. In other people's eyes or in your own eyes? Because sometimes it's like your your own worst critic. That's true. Well, mm-hmm. in other people's eyes, of, which really is my own thoughts. You right. Know, and what thinking. you think. Right. Mm-hmm. So like in your transition of like being super social in Taiwan, did you get to South Africa and you're like, oh, I want the same amount of friends that I had there? Or did you notice like a drastic difference? It's hard for a kid to make friends. It's even harder if you like you know you're going to be leaving in a couple of years, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, okay, I'm still trying to keep in touch with my friends in Taiwan, but that's not going so well because the communication, like mailing each other letters, mm-hmm. that's not working out. And then now I'm trying to make new friends. The problem I'm having is like, am I having these thoughts as an adult or was I actually thinking this when I was a kid? I have a feeling I wasn't thinking this when I was a kid. I was just, just a shy. Just I just was shy. Right, like that self awareness. That's why a lot of our episodes we always go back to when we were kids because those memories it was traumatizing or something happened for me to react a certain way in rejection. Right, Rainbow, my best friend growing up, when she didn't want to be my friend anymore, I internalized that pain and just thought there's something wrong with me right but in reality it's just because you know like you said kids are mean but then you now as an adult you can reflect back and be like why am i so insecure about this and where did it come from and then when you're able to pinpoint it to when you're a child and you're like oh i told myself i'm ugly because she said this but really as a child you don't have like the mental capacity to process that now you know it's not a big deal But it's still hard as a grown adult with these insecurities because there's been so many instances along your life that have reaffirmed that insecurity. And then when someone else points it out, it stings that much more. Regina, were you an introvert or extrovert? Definitely think that I was more of an extrovert. Like, I really liked being around people. So you were always like, I need attention. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) I wonder if that has anything to do with you being an only child. I was going to say, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I was an only child. I wanted someone to relate to me. I wanted that companionship. And so then when I would meet up with my friends, when I would meet new people, I was like, very attached to them because I wanted to be like, oh my gosh, like, let's all be friends. And I think that that carried into my adulthood because then I realized that the more friends that I got, the more people that I talked to, the more that I learned or the more that I could relate to them or um, they could relate to me. And I really enjoyed that feeling. I see. I see. And then how about you, Ted? Like growing up, did you have many friends or a few close friends? I, I don't think I had a lot of friends. I definitely only had like maybe one or two. I don't think I ever got that close to them. It's only in my adult life that I finally have like friends like you guys, like that, like long standing friends because 
When I was a kid, once you move away, that's that's the end. Mm-hmm. I'm moving away to a different country. But what did you do with your time, like by yourself as an introvert? Did you like to spend time alone? I think growing up was mostly like video games. That didn't really change. I still play video games now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so South Africa that I remember was my high school years, mm-hmm. and. Then I was already into computers. I was playing computer games. Single player. Back then, it was all single player. <laughs> what do you know? There's no internet back then. Um, I mean, it was really bad internet. The modems. So, what games were you playing? Uh, there was a game called Lost Vikings, Diablo. Diablo 2 came out. <laughs> I was like, one of my favorite games. I remember my dad saying, you play too much of that game. But um, did you find yourself gravitating more towards the computer games than wanting to hang out with people? Definitely, definitely. It's a culture thing, too. Like in South Africa, I, at least like the only Asian kid in, in the area, in the school. I have friends, but then like, maybe they, they like sports. I'm not that interested in sports. I like computers and yeah, I just kind of did my own thing, to be honest. Did you like that? Or did you ever tell yourself, I wish I liked sports more? No, I, no. I hated sports. I still hate sports. <laughs> That's like me. Yeah. I hated sports. So college, you got accepted to UCSD. Mm-hmm. Were you at that point still like... Mm. Oh, yeah. I was a huge, huge nerd. Definitely a huge nerd. Uh, don't Thank know you for how completing to that sentence. <laughs> yeah. Don't know how to talk to people, for sure. But it's not like I didn't want to have, like, friends. Uh, this sounds so sad. <laughs> but anyways. No, you say that, but I feel like so many people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. We get emails all the time from people being like, you know, I feel like I, I'm not clicking with everyone else. And to be honest, I feel that way, too, where sometimes I'm in conversation with people and I'm just like, oh, the silence has gone on for too long. I don't I don't know yeah. where to pivot the conversation next. I don't know what to say. Yeah. It's always like, you know, when you're the new kid, but some people as an extrovert are just so like comfortable with just going up to people like, hi, I'm so-and-so. Like, I was never that person. No, I'm always either. like, they look cool, but I'm just going to stand here and stare at them. Yeah. <laughs> there are just so many thoughts that I feel like we psych ourselves out. It's kind of like what Ted was saying. We project our own thoughts onto other people. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and then that becomes our reality. Yeah, so you're not alone in that. No. The worst thing when you're talking about like eye contact, the, the worst <laughs> thing is... Um, As I'm making direct eye... No, yeah. I'm no, no it's not that. I'm fine with that. But it's back in college, I was so like always mortified that if someone's looking in my direction and they're waving... And I was like, are they looking at me? Are they waving at me? So there's definitely that one situation. I think this happens to everyone and everybody can relate. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's me. So, it's, okay, I wave, but then it's not. So I was like, you see this stuff on TV and movies all the time. And then it's definitely but it's happen- real. It happens a lot. You know, but what's ironic now is that you've been in front of camera. Millions of people know you. They usually are waving at you now. Yeah. <laughs> You're the person that they're like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that must so, have been different in in that adjustment. It is very different. Like I'm way better at it now than I was back then. But um, back then, when that happens, oh my god, my my heart was racing. It was like sweating. It was like, what do I do? Um, Did you embarrass easily? Oh yeah, I get embarrassed really easy. I like I am a very anxious person. I I guess you would say. Um, just because like a lot of thoughts goes into my head. I was like, I was thinking like, I'm nervous right now. Like, even though I know you guys so well, but then 
I don't know the people that are like listening, and, <laughs> and I don't. I'm like, am I embarrassing myself? Like, is this even on the topic right now? So I'm thinking like all of this stuff. Like, do I have a like conclusion to what I'm saying? No, I don't. So. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm making this all up as I go. That's amazing for me to hear because even though, like you said, we know each other, when I hear you even talk amongst our friends, pretty much what you say to me is almost like truth. It's like, oh, that's so right. That's so it's wisdom. You know, I just because you have that presence about you where it almost from the outside seems like you're just like the older brother. You're like, oh, yeah, if Tess said that, then. Yeah, that mm-hmm. must be true. I don't like, I don't even question it. But it's so interesting. That's what's going on in your head. Yeah. Hearing what goes on into your head, it adds that relatability factor. Whenever I say something, I run it in my head like 10, 20 times. So yeah. that's what you're doing when you're just not talking. <laughs> you're like, you are still observing, right? What people are saying, but in your, oh, yeah. you're still in your head about like what your response will be. Yeah. And then sometimes I had an opinion. I could have voiced that opinion, but then I thought about it some more and I was like, oh. That maybe no, maybe that's not true. Let me digest it a little bit more, and then if it's still something important that I want to say, if it still contributes to the conversation in a new way, then I would say it. And I don't want to add into something that I, I didn't think the right thing to say at the time. That's so interesting. Where do you think that comes from? I don't know. I, there's questions that I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely do that too. Like, especially in group settings, I want to make sure that what I say brings up a new idea. It always is frustrating for me when that moment passes. Yes. Or if someone says it before I do. And then I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. that, like, I overthought it to be something quote unquote stupid when it actually could have added to the conversation. Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll just like maybe relate to some of the listeners is that. When that happens, when I have something to say, like maybe, okay, in a class setting, if I have something to say that has something to do with discussion and I want to say it, but then this is when my heart would be racing. I would be like sweating. <laughs> it's like, when am I going to say it? Is this the right time to say it? Is this the right gap? Like, is this person done talking? And like, can I say it now? And then I just never do. And I was like, but already my like heart was like pounding. Then I realized like, I shouldn't say because when I say it, my voice is going to quiver because I'm so like anxious. <laughs> I was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. and so it's not going to be a good look. Are you guys thinking like, oh, this can potentially sound stupid, or is it more of like you're afraid of people judging you? Um, afraid of the attention, maybe one of them. What if they're like, oh my god, Ted, that's it, that's the idea, that's the point. Would that make you feel better about speaking up or? Okay, well, let, let's, um, let's make it a simpler question, right? Roll call. Even roll call. <laughs> I'm here or present or whatever. And it's like, okay, I, I, I think my name's coming up. Okay. Am I ready? Am I ready? And it's like, here. <laughs> Is that even your name? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh my God. Nightmare. Regina Fink. Here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So. Stuff like that. It's like um, anticipating. It's an anticipation. This is something actually very interesting. I've never talked to people about. And now it's in, in, in the internet. And you can never delete this because now it's in the internet. And cloud. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, so I wonder, do you guys feel that way? Like even at roll call? I know what you mean. I think I have that same feeling when I have to do something that's on a larger scale. And it makes me nervous, you know? Mm. So as I've grown into an adult, the the stakes have gone higher. Then it was like going up there and speaking in front of the class, doing your book report. Or when I 
had to go tell my parents that I got detention. You know, <laughs> it's always like that anticipation of like, oh my God, oh my God, I have to do it. And then now as an adult, I think I've always have moments of fear in what the ramifications could be. Like, I don't know how other people will react. But now it's more of like, like I have to talk to a group of people for an event, you know, I get nervous leading up to it. But then once I start talking, I'm like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I think it, that's really interesting that you say that because I feel like I don't get nervous until it's actually happening. So like in, in roll call, I was fine with here, present, that I'm okay with. But I remember when we had to give a fun fact about ourselves. Oh, that was the worst. Uh-huh. I would literally like think it all the way up until like right before my name was called. And then I'd like change my mind a million times. Even, oh my gosh. So I just started a new job and in our signature, they encourage you to be like, oh, what are your interests? Someone put like hot sauce enthusiast. I spent two days <laughs> thinking about like what my signature would be because I was like psyching myself out and I didn't even have to like say it in front of everyone. I was just typing it in an email. Maybe it's just the fear of someone attaching your identity to that moment. So if you screw up on that book report or if you mess up on roll call, then people will remember you as that person that voice cracked when you said, here. So what's your signature? I finally decided on globetrotter, podcaster, and karaoke enthusiast. Wow, you couldn't even just pick one? Well, you, everybody has three. Oh, yeah. I see. Um, I've never heard you sing karaoke before. Well, I've not either. I love going karaoke, but nobody goes with well, me. Well, I'm not going to go with you. <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> I just think it's really fun to, like, I don't know, sing with all your friends and definitely not up Ted's alley. <laughs> it's also, I think, first impressions make me really nervous. Knowing that someone could potentially remember that very specific moment of meeting me and then clinging on to that and having them think that about me for the rest of our relationship. First impressions. So Regina, you were talking about first impressions and this is a funny story. It's a very embarrassing story, but I find everything that's embarrassing hilarious these days. <laughs> I'm just like, you're a grown, grown adult. This happens. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's not embarrassing anymore. We were at a, a friend's house and Katie was there. It was a small gathering of people. And Katie so, is Ted's wife. Katie is my, my wonderful wife. And so it was only a small group. This, so this guy came in and he's new, like, to, to the party. And so he was introducing himself, like, hi, I'm Bob. Hi, I'm Bob. Like, shaking everyone's hand, going around the room. And then, so I'm, I'm thinking, like, okay, I know his name is Bob already. But when he came to me and he was like, hi, I'm Bob, the first thing I said was, <laughs> Hi, I'm Bob. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, okay. okay. Wait, no. no, just kidding. I'm not Bob. <laughs> uh, no, Ted, Ted, no, Ted. Um, so I was thinking about his name, and then all the thing that came out was like, hi, I'm Bob. <laughs> so that was super embarrassing. Well, not not really. I, the whole room laughed, and I was like laughing too. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just went with it, and forever his first impression of you, or when he's yeah, like, your name right. is Bob to him forever. Yeah, yeah. Bob Fu. Bob yeah. Fu. <laughs> so then, New <laughs> identity. <laughs> anyway, so now I worry that this is no longer about introvert and extroverts. Is. Is yeah, it? I think it's also giving context to, like, 
you guys define yourselves as introverts, extroverts? Like, what are the things that go on in your head in normal situations? But we'll take it back to when you're in college, ta-da, you know, YouTube came about and you met your now business partners, Philip Wang and Wesley Chan. Mm -hmm. And then you guys started this little unknown company that no one has ever heard of called Wong Fu Productions. Um, it's all perspective. Like that could still be true at, at, at this moment. That a lot of people don't know about Wangfu. It's so small. So tell us, like the beginning moments of that when things started to happen, where you guys were just friends making videos to like it suddenly being like a company. So visual arts, we had a class uh, where we had to present videos each week. Did Wes talk about this in your podcast? No episode. We talked about boxes. Yeah. Hmm. Like, if you haven't listened to Wes's episode, go listen to it. <laughs> Perfectly imperfect podcast. Um, Thanks for that plug on our, so, on our own plug. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was a class that I met Wes and Phil in. My work that I submit is, I would say, artsy fartsy. It's like Ooh. videos of like, my first video was like, oh, I'm microwaving a bag of popcorn. The juxtaposition of the popcorn sound. And then I, I overlaid gunshots of some war and it's like oh the desensitization of movies in hollywood and the war that's actually happening so the popping sound of the popcorn is the popping sounds of the guns or artillery so that's the stuff i submitted oh my god and then, oh my, i so, want to see so that deep. i want to see that right so, now and then wes and phil they were <laughs> it was very entertaining i mean i like i said the whole class loved it and they got an extremely good grade from that class they did very entertaining work very fun stuff. Is it like pretty much the DNA of Wang Fu Productions? Yeah, like fun sketches. Love stories. Oh, yeah, love stories too, actually. Now I remember. <laughs> Personal narrative is just kind Personal of. Personal like narrative is very West. The things that West submitted was very West. Things that Phil submitted is very Phil. See, that's always really interesting because I don't think we ever got to see a Ted Fu Wang Fu video. The, the thing is, when we first started, everything was. Three writers, everyone's giving ideas and things like that. So I don't want to take credit for anything because it's all a collaborative thing that we did. This video wouldn't happen without this person's help, without the other person's help. So I never, I never felt comfortable. It's like, this is my video. Right. This is my idea. Well, I guess more of like your style is what I'm saying, where you can pinpoint like Wes's style. So uh, my style isn't something that's marketable. The style that people can consume and and just watch casually is is the stuff that Wes and Phil does like they're great at. People love that stuff. So that's the stuff that's entertainment. Obviously I'm not I'm a very much aware of that, so that's what we focused on. I was very into three D animation. So I I would model the things in like three D Studio Max and then I would animate them. And the reason why I guess I loved it was because I could do it all on my own mm. at home in my room it was just me i didn't need to go outside i didn't need to have actors and, and and socialize and like dance around as a director to make everybody happy mm -hmm. i get to storyboard everything and the characters i can design them all myself so yeah i won a couple of like audience awards for my animation that one summer i got into 3d animation like heavily and 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 i started loving it and then that is the reason why i switched to visual arts oh i had no yeah. idea oh wow so at that time what did you think you'd be doing like i said i, I love video games right so i mm -hmm. wanted to be 
one of the people that design the characters or make the intro cinematics of the video games. Oh my god, now that you say that, I'm like, that is so you, based off of But then you- by doing Wong Fu, you ended up having like a huge pivot change, right? Yeah. Like right. it led to this YouTube channel, you guys didn't really know what you were doing, you didn't know what YouTube was. This is like beginning of Facebook, pre-Twitter, pre-Instagram. So as Wong Fu's fame began to grow and you fell into this role of being expected to be on camera, right? Like expected to mm-hmm. have a personality and show a side of you that you probably weren't necessarily comfortable with or you didn't want to, but it was for the good of the company. Tell us more about that. Like I said, I, I even I was nervous just saying my name, right? And being on camera was very difficult. The great thing about it is there were two people next to me that are, are much better at it. So I was able to learn from them. When we started, everyone was very patient with each other. So, yeah, I was able to get a little bit more comfortable, but I was never comfortable. Like to this day, when we're supposed to read an outro, that was always very difficult for me. I would always stumble on my words and then we had to do a retake and a retake and a retake. So, and I'm obviously I'm very self-conscious of that. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just slowing everything down. Mm-hmm. I was definitely not in my element. But I had to push myself to do it. There was never a point where I'm like, no, I got this. Mm. Um, I, I still don't got it. Like this kind of, this podcast, like, I still don't got this. Oh, my God, you got it. You totally got it. You totally got it. I don't know. Yeah, it's never comfortable. So Obviously, you know, what comes with being on camera also came the recognition. Even now, on a day-to-day basis, like you go to a cafe, you'll get recognized. So like, not only was it something that you needed to do on screen, it started becoming part of your off-screen life as well. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's always a check of like, I had to make sure they're waving at me and not someone <laughs> I else. Uh, I still get nervous at that. Yeah. I have a good sense now when we walk around, like if people notice me, if it, like it's very easy to notice. <laughs> Yesterday we were walking around Times Square and then there was a fan that literally went. <gasps> <laughs> he just stood there like he saw ghosts and he was just staring at Ted. I was like. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty normal. (laughs) You being Ted Fu now, Ted Fu that people know. Do you ever feel just out of place? Like this wasn't really meant for you? Sure. There's always like, oh, why me? But now I, I guess I am trained to embrace it because first of all, it is extremely humbling that people are like, happy to see me people are genuinely excited when they when they see me it reminds them of videos they watched like way back and a time that they were sad and they needed something like a good video to watch and and Wang Fu provides that for people people that are like me like introverted and they don't have a lot of friends and they want to see someone that looks like them and they want to watch a reliable story and they would just go on Wang Fu and they have a great time we go on tour, we hear a lot about this, like people bond over Wong Fu production videos. They share the videos and they become friends uh, or they started dating and now they have a family. That's something I'm, I'm very proud of for doing that, like building this company together with, with you guys and Wes and Phil. Would you say there was a shift in your mentality where before you were very well, I'm on, what do I say? Like, people are watching me, am I saying the right thing? And I'm sure when you're put into the spotlight, that's even more amplified. I I would first say that 
the Wang Fu fans are the most amazing fans there is. They're very supportive. Like, yeah. like even if you mess up, it's fine. They're like, they love you. So that made everything like much easier. When I say something differently or weird, like I trip on my words, or there's an awkward silence, all of that becomes funny. It's relatable. Like people understand public speaking is hard. <laughs> so we, I, I play off on it. And that is very genuine. It's just like, yeah, I'm not trying to pretend to be someone I'm not.、Mm. Like, especially when on stage. I, in videos, I don't know. In videos, <laughs> I, I read the script, and, and I'm always a weird guy on the videos. <laughs> Do you think that came with age as you matured? I definitely learned from experience. It, it definitely got better over time. I'm more comfortable、uh, of the person I am. I know I am an awkward person. What comes with age is like, okay, you're fine with who you are. I only realized this like recently. Like I'm okay with being who I am. I don't need to pretend to be someone I'm not. So now, like, if I don't know what to say, if I say the guy's name, like my name is Bob. Okay, that's hilarious, right? So yeah, I am comfortable with who I am. Yeah, yeah. You're making eye contact with me now. Oh my god! No, he's like, made it. I, I'm comfortable. <laughs> yeah. No, I I definitely hear what you're saying because as I've gotten older. Too, I've realized. Well, what's the worst that's going to happen? A lot of times now, it's like it's not life or death. You gain perspective as you get older. So what you fear the most growing up, it's not like that anymore. I've always said this to Phil and Wes, where I just thought it's so. What's amazing to me is like Wang Fu Productions. What you guys created during that time was exactly what was needed. The thing is, the three of you guys all encompass awkward in your own way. As much as everyone's like, "Oh, Phil, he's so like you know the most extroverted, charismatic person," but Phil's awkward in his own ways too. You know, I mean, everyone is, and I think that's the beauty of Wang Fu Productions because you guys were able to put that on screen, and then when they meet you, they're like, "Oh my god." Oh, I find it hilarious <laughs> that you said you guys because both of you are very much part of that story, that narrative. Aww, thank you.、Yeah. Well, I'm not awkward ever. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I think that's what's so impactful about it because then your audience reflects that as well. Yeah, the beauty of YouTube that I still think is true today is when you're watching the people on the screen, you feel like. That could be you, or like be like your best friend, and you guys were really able to bridge that connection and help a lot of Asian Americans who had never seen themselves on TV, and I think that that gave them a lot of confidence too. Yes, and I think that's always the perspective that I hear when you guys give interviews. It's always like, oh, you guys are so relatable. You guys are telling my story on screen, but then. Now that I've gotten to know you, it's so much more intriguing to me to hear the flip side, where as much as they relate to you guys, you guys relate、mm -hmm. to them.、Yeah. But sometimes now that we work in YouTube and in the industry, you meet people and they're nothing like what they see on screen,、mm. and that's when you're like, oh, who's really you? And I find that really fascinating. Is that something that you experience where you have to quote unquote turn it on sometimes? I never tried to match whatever YouTube on-screen Ted was and to who I am. The, why? Why? I mean, first of all, it's difficult because I find it hard to be an extrovert. There's that barrier to get through. So I, I guess for me, I'm all about. I want to be honest. I want to be honest to myself. Like I don't want to be fake and pretend. I was thinking about it, but I was never like two different people with you guys. No, right?、Mm -hmm. So I was always the same person. But then on screen, it's scripted, and it called for whatever 
thing, then I would do that because it's comedy, right? It's comedy relief. It's the awkward and weirdness. It's funny. I want to make people laugh, but my, my life is not scripted. I am kind of who I am. There's challenges of life. Everybody has challenges. Well, as an introvert, did you feel like you'd want to show the more real side to you? We, I mean, we go into social media, right? Where now people have access to you 24-7. Do you like letting people into your reality? I mean, like, at what point is that scripted or again? People spend so much time to curate these feeds, like these vlogs. They need to constantly, when we're doing Wong Fu weekends, mm. we're constantly trying to figure out what fun things can we do? Um, what do you mean? You guys don't go like shoot rockets every weekend? Yeah. <laughs> this is so forced. We gotta figure out, like, we did that already. No, we can't. We gotta find something else to do. Here's the big secret they don't shoot it on the weekends, <gasps> they shoot it on the weekdays. They shoot it like on Wednesdays. Yeah. But yeah, but for, for me personally, because you, you kind of have to try really hard and Life is not that exciting sometimes, right? Some days I'm just sitting at my computer doing work the whole day and I'm eating lunch at my desk. What's so exciting about that? I don't know. It, it's so forced. If I want to really focus on my Instagram, I really need to push myself to go out, do something fun, interesting, take fo- like photos and then come back and then post the photos. Well, do you feel like if you posted, quote unquote, the boring stuff, your reality, like you sitting in front of the computer, that people just wouldn't want to see that? I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, I am very particular. Of, like, I don't like to see emo stuff on social feeds. Life is hard enough as it is. <laughs> I don't want to like get inundated with like the like emo posts. I just want to laugh i want to be see something fun mm. and when i post something it's usually something funny or stupid mm. so then how did you find that balance right between being an introvert where you're like oh you know i don't want to put myself out there that much but then it's a numbers game at the end of the day you want the videos to do well you want people to see the things that you post you want that attention christine pulled this like really good quote that says we want to know that someone picked us, but we don't want the spotlight that comes with being picked. We as an introverts. Mm-hmm. That's a great quote. Thank um, you. Oh my God. <laughs> but like my take on Instagram, at least recently, was meh. It's all about self-promotion. I don't really love posting private stuff like my life. Unless I think this is some... Thing that people will enjoy and laugh too. Um, so you post for other people versus posting for yourself. Well, first it has to go through my filter. I was like, oh, is it funny? And then, well, actually, then it then it goes to Katie's filter. I was like, hey, is this is this funny? And she sometimes was like, yeah, that's really funny. Most time is like that's stupid. No, 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 that's terrible. I Double like, filter. You know, I've yeah. talked about this many times. I love adore your dynamic with Katie. I think yeah. Katie's yeah, one of my favorite Katie, people in Katie's this world. You know what you're getting with Katie. Yeah. Like what she says is what she means and you can trust in that. She's really poignant about the things that she says. She's yeah. very articulate. Yes, yeah. very, yeah. very. Yeah, I think for social media, do you ever fall into the numbers game? Like, do you want to get more followers? Does that matter to you? I would be lying if I said I didn't, right? Because like you were saying, the, the phrase of the question is a numbers game. It's all about the numbers. But at what level does it bother me? It doesn't really bother me a whole lot. The thing is with social media, like the advertisers, the brands are all like trying to seek out the social media as a it thing. They're, so if you have a high number of followers, 
then you get more money for sponsored brand posts, whatever. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it because people know there's money to be made. Knowing that, I, I pay less attention to, to follower growth. Again, that is <laughs> disclaimer. I pay less attention, but I still have attention on it. My Instagram account like drops. I'm not posting a lot. I don't love posting. Posting something is so forced for me sometimes. Like mm. I gotta think like an over an hour for a caption, just like <laughs> one line, but and then delete it because it's not funny. <laughs> doesn't pass the Katie it. filter. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't pass the Katie filter. I was, like there's a lot of stuff like I take pictures of that I've never posted. Christine made made it a point to me. <laughs> Christine made it a point to me, which is like, wow, she is right. I don't have a picture of Christine on my Instagram. <gasps> I think Were that you also so means. I think she's been harboring that for quite a while. <laughs> she's like, oh my god, Ted doesn't have <laughs> my face is not in Ted's feed. How can this be? Christine um, like in the corner like fuming and now i wonder i don't think regina you're not i don't think i'm on it either i mean luna and louie are definitely the stars of the show all the time and katie yeah and katie um but but i was thinking that all right christine (laughs) thanks for calling me this is this is social media this is this is it um i don't have my a picture of my brother on it i don't have a picture of my mom on it my dad on it sister so it's okay i don't have my brother on my family <laughs> on it either okay are you saying you're not gonna post a picture of me i will I <laughs> no will. no i'm kidding because i see that's the part <laughs> this She's is social media now. this is what it is it's strategic it's like okay look i'm i'm, I'm with this person like oh whatever it makes it more interesting it makes it more interesting and it's like oh ted has a life ted has like <laughs> ted knows more people than whatever, like, than we thought he knew, right? So that's more we talk about, like, curation and things like that. And that's why I don't like social media as much. I guess uh, as an introvert, like, I don't know, it's like promoting myself. I was never really about myself. It's a collaborative effort. It's like, this podcast wouldn't happen without both of you. Yeah, so we're all doing this together. And social media just makes it feel like so it's all about me 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 mm-hmm. selfie self taking a picture of yourself and i i've like been through phases especially with instagram most of all i had a private account that i barely posted i just treated it as something that was more of just like oh i, I for sure i'll start one and but i don't take it seriously but as instagram grew and i became more involved in wang fu productions it was encouraged to start a public instagram and I did it with so much hesitation. And I, I think I did that because my time at Wang Fu Productions in front of camera was very uncomfortable for me. I relate to what you said so much. And that's primarily because I wasn't embraced, I felt. And I also felt just it was so unnatural for me to like, I had to prepare. I can't just like give me a script and then I can memorize it in two seconds and perform. I didn't know how to act and I had a hard time memorizing things. And then when you told me, especially on the spot to do it, I get all up in my head and I didn't feel like I I fit in or I was natural for the part. So then when you tell me, you know, Instagram, I'm like, oh, so I started posting photos of what I thought people wanted to see, right? Which is primarily what are Phil West and Ted doing through the eyes of Christine? Because, you know, she's mm-hmm. just another... Mm-hmm. She's like the backstage. Yeah, yeah, because like they can't get enough of just you guys posting. It's like, oh, who else is hanging out with them? So I curated a lot of 
my posts around that. And then now I've just gone through this process of validation and self-image and all of that wrapped up in social media just turned me into a person that I just couldn't respect in myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for me too, like seeing other people grow very quickly, I think that was really difficult. But I think that I started to realize like, yeah, especially talking to a bunch of different people about social media. I think that helps me open up my eyes too. like talking to people who had a million followers to without, you know, it didn't matter how many followers they had. Everybody's kind of outlook on it was very similar where it was like, you know, you need to be able to disassociate the numbers to who you are and like that validation that it could potentially bring and just start posting for you, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. Is that how you feel about it, Ted? So I am not always sitting at my desk, right? We, sometimes <laughs> we, we do fun stuff, but yeah. it almost feels like I'm, I'm bragging. Right? Yeah. I was like, why, why do I need to brag? I don't feel comfortable bragging. When that happens, I, so I don't post that stuff. We recently went to a concert. We went to like a Broadway show. We went to like US Open. Like we took pictures, but we never posted any of it. And that makes the moment even feels more special. We're doing it for us. Mm-hmm. Like me and Katie, we're going to these things and we're just experiencing life. Like Wendy was just here and we just had dinner. And I mean, before social media, you'd just be like, oh, this is great, right? But then with social media, you're like, should we take a photo? So then we can remember this happened. But then now it's like getting to a point where I'm like, I don't want to bring that in. Like that's just, I feel like it disrupts like the energy, the natural energy of just like the conversation and kind of like you're building that connection and intimacy with the people with you. That's that's the point. Like me and Jack coming out here was to to spend time with you guys. And if half of that time is me spending like, hmm, what filter should I choose? And no, let's take three other photos. Or not that there's anything wrong with that, but it takes away from the moment. Yeah, it's like easier to be inauthentic online than it is to be authentic. Yeah, yeah. So what is your advice for people who are introverts living in an extroverted world? I, I always say this, just be yourself. And you just try to figure out who you are. Be comfortable uh, with who you are. If you don't know who you are yet, just focus on the things that you like doing and surround yourself with the people that you, you like. Don't force yourself to be around people that just drains your energy and, and just like toxic to you. Just That's not worth it. I understand everybody needs to go through some of that to actually learn what the difference between someone you like or someone you don't. But just find out who you are. Take the time. It's not going to happen overnight it's for you to be comfortable with yourself. So, yeah, don't don't try to pretend because that's just going to lead to one thing to another. You're never going to be comfortable in your own skin. Really, just be honest. Be honest with yourself is the most important thing, uh, I would say. Mm-hmm. Really being able to understand yourself has helped all of us grow into being comfortable with ourselves and knowing how we want to live our lives. Yeah. So thank you, Ted, for allowing us to be here and for you to talk. I know that it can be uncomfortable for you. And I'm really honestly grateful that I know you're doing it because you do support Regina and I. Oh, you always have. Mm -hmm. And you are a man of action and few words, which is something that I deeply, deeply love and admire about you because... You know, you prove it with your actions and you're not just talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just, I mean, we've known each other for nine years now. Wow. And I've been so thankful for your support throughout this entire journey. Uh, this is my first podcast ever. <gasps> I'm like, <laughs> yay! 
Might, might be my last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we got it. It's exclusive. Exactly. exactly. It was great. Yeah, it's great talking to you guys. I mean, we talk like this all the time, but it's just, well, yeah, this is the point of your podcast. I remember yeah. now. You guys talk all the time, so why not? <laughs> um, so where can our listeners find you now? Uh, it's not like a simple answer. I think a lot of people are wondering, like, oh, I haven't seen Ted in a Wong Fu Productions video in a long time. Well, it's because I live in New York, and I've been here six years. Like A lot of Wong Fu production stuff, like it's mainly handled by Phil and, and Wes and the team back in L.A. Now I handle more of, like, I'm developing more of our brand that we created, like Aqua Animal, um, AquaAnimal.com. And it's like plush dolls and things like that. And I have another company called Giant Hugs, GiantHugs.com, where I help different influencers and creators develop merchandise that their fans will all love. Mm-hmm. And a big part of my goal for that is to uh, portion of the proceeds or sometimes all the proceeds will go to a charity. So mm-hmm. that is one of my focus with Giant Hugs. I'm just <laughs> having fun right now. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out. I have a cat brand that I really <laughs> love. Cats runtheworld.com. It's just been great. I, I want to be able to support independent artists with this and just share the love, I guess. We'll be sure to link everything in the description below. I feel like every project that Ted just talked about really reflects who he is as a person. Like the fact that he will think to donate to a charity, the fact that he'll create a platform that'll help other influencers connect with their fans. Like that's something that we've always really admired with you. And it's been incredible watching your journey and seeing your ability to create these platforms for that. So thank you for listening to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. If you like this episode, don't forget to go to the iTunes store and give us a rating. We love reading your reviews. It really helps us understand what content you guys want to see us create more of. And if you ever want to continue the conversation, please always feel free to email us at theperfectlyimperfectpodcast at gmail.com. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Ted, you have to say bye. To thank you all for being the most incredible listeners, we are doing a giveaway with Awkward Animal. These adorably awkward animals are a wonderful reminder for us to embrace our awkward and perfectly imperfect selves. To enter, be sure you're following Christine, Regina, and Awkward Animals on Instagram, and leave a comment of your favorite moment from this episode on our most recent photo with Ted. We will be picking two lucky winners, one from Christine's host and one from Regina's, to receive the super cute Awkward Sloth. We will leave all the details in the description below. Please be sure to leave your comments by October 31st at 11.59pm Pacific Standard Time, and we will contact you through DM. We want to give a special thanks to Awkward Animal for their generous support and love for our perfectly imperfect family.